Hello everybody. Um, in today's live, I'm talking about as a narcissist ages, as they get older, their end of their life and their death, um, because this is something that I've experienced myself and I want to share my experiences with you so that perhaps you can understand. Now, the first thing to say is that a narcissist use, uses their age, especially if they're older, uh, especially if they're uh, perhaps the end of their life within, is within sight, to manipulate others. It's one of their favorite manipulation tools because it doesn't matter how they're behaving or what it is that they're asking, they can just say, oh, you'll miss me when I'm gone, or you, I won't be around forever, or I'm getting older, and all these things, and it's all just designed to just make you fall back into line because then you're thinking about the, the fact that you will lose them as opposed to the fact that whatever it is that they're asking is unreasonable or unfair or that you don't really want to do it so it's kind of like the one of the ultimate manipulation tools of a narcissist um, one narcissist that i used to know would take every opportunity to remind you how old she was so that even when you greeted her and you said hello how are you she immediately used the opportunity just to let you know that she was still getting older and she still had this thing wrong or that thing wrong because of her age and she wasn't going to be around forever so she took every opportunity she could even within the first five minutes of, of seeing her to just say i'm not going to be around forever and then that would descend then into a conversation about all the little health problems that she had because of her age that was just all designed just to remind you that she wasn't going to be around forever and she would take every opportunity to let to remind you of how old it was she was how she was failing in her health although in actual fact she was doing okay she didn't really have any major health problems she just had a few aches and pains which is normal unfortunately as you get older but she thoroughly exploited them just to make us feel guilty, feel sorry for her, and to be thinking about the ways in which we could serve her. Now, the other thing that about um, getting older is society's attitude generally to people as they get older is they tend to see older people, unfortunately, as generally sweet little old people, sweet little old ladies and sweet little old men, and that they're harmless. But these people are not harmless as they're younger and they're not harmless as they're older they're the same people they've just aged so unfortunately the general thing seems to be oh you know kind of give them a bit of slack because they're older and you know they're going to die soon have a bit more patience for them have a bit more tolerance for them and what have you and that that then makes the natural the narcissist natural sense of entitlement increase because they're like they then play on the fact that they're old and they expect people to help them more and they use it to manipulate others into getting exactly what it is that they want and society just goes along with it they don't really can't really believe that there can be such a thing as 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 a, a toxic grandparent they can't understand that there's a such a thing as a toxic parent alone as a toxic grandparent so they make the sweeping generalization that all old people are little you know cute little harmless people but it's not always the case and of course there's the other thing as a part of the entitlement is i've looked after you or i looked after you when you were a child 
and I paid for your school and I paid for a house, uh, you know, for you to live in a house and all the rest of it, your clothes. And now it's my turn. And now this is the role that falls on the scapegoat. And this is what I see an awful lot of in the various forums that I'm members of, that the scapegoat gets roped into looking after their parent in old age. And it's, it's entirely expected of them. That's 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 the reason I think sometimes why some people have children, especially narcissists, because they just want people to look after them in their old age. They don't care about the lives of their children. They don't care if they've got um, grandchildren, uh, children of their own or partners or jobs or what have you. All that matters is them. And they expect to be able to click their fingers and to have their scapegoat just immediately jump to whatever it is that they're commanding. So this is this is the time when they get older, when when they are less capable of doing things, or perhaps when they choose not to do things. Because this is the other thing: is that you can still choose to be, you know, unless you've got health problems, they can still choose to do certain things. But they tend to think, why should I bother when my child should do it for me? And in the meantime, the golden child just floats along and does exactly what they want in their life and just carries on and is, is, isn't expected to do anything for the parent. But it's all expected to fall on the shoulders of the scapegoat to drop everything. And also what the parent will do will use if the scapegoat doesn't do what they want to do because they have another priority or they have a life outside of looking after their parent, then their parent will use that to start a smear campaign. So they'll tell lies, so they'll exaggerate the situation, they'll go to their friends and their other relatives and say, oh, but, but he was too busy to take me to the doctors. And, and you know, so they thoroughly exploit it for their own gains also then to, 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 to continue the smear campaign against you. Now, the other thing I think about old age is that they just, they get tired. They get tired of maintaining the facade of being human beings and they think, oh, the end is nigh or not, whether or not it is. And they just start, the mask starts to slip. So they really, they don't bother about trying to conceal their vileness anymore. It may have been when they were younger, they had a husband or a wife that, that, that you know, is no longer with them, that kind of kept them under control and, and kind of did reel them in a little bit just to, you know, but once that, that's gone, once that safety has gone and they're getting older, they can't be bothered with keeping it up anymore. And some people say, oh, that's, you know, that's a function of old age, just a grumpy old man or, you know, maybe just a miserable old woman or something. But that, that's not necessarily the case. And what it really is, I think, personally, is that they just they get tired of the act. They don't see there's any investment for them anymore. No, not worth them making the effort and they just let it all hang out. So they, you know, the mask absolutely slips. And, um, and that, you know, that's the time also, I think really, when they are facing their demise, is when they get so jealous of people that are younger than them, and that are capable of doing the things that they can't do anymore, that that's the time when they really let the jealousy out, they can't resist, but make the snipey comments, and they can't resist, but just be as vile as they possibly can be, just because they can see that there's younger people, more able people than them, and they can't conceal it. They can't conceal their jealousy and their dislike of these people, and they let that all hang out. So they just let it all out, frankly. Now, the other thing is as well, is that um, one of the narcissists in my life 
um, was utterly convinced that he wasn't going to live until the age of 60. And he started saying, I'm not going to live until to see the age of 60 when he was 50. And I will tell you now that he is 77, I think, or nearly 80 years old, let's just say, and he's still kicking around. But that's not to say that during all those all those years that he's not constantly reminded everybody around him that he's potentially not going to be around for very much longer. So they exploit this. They really, they take the fact that we care, that we do love them. And they use that against us in order to manipulate us into doing what it is that they want. That it's as simple as that. It's just another manipulation tool. They use their age or their frailty or what have you, or their imminent desire, demise against you. Now, often when they're on their deathbed, that is the time when it's absolute maximum drama. They can be pulling everybody's strings. They know exactly how to manipulate people. They know exactly how to wind people up. And it's when they know they're dying that they'll be using things like their will um, and their last wishes in order to just have that last bit of control over people. So their manufacturer, they'll tell one person that they're going to inherit it all and they'll tell another person that they're going to inherit it all and nobody knows where they stand but they're not talking to each other anyway so and it's not the kind of thing that you talk about anyway um but each party's convinced that they're going to be left with it all and you know there's this still this game going on this power and control that they've got even on their deathbed as to how their last you know their possessions are going to be distributed on their money and what have you and often what they i mean as far as I'm concerned, if, if you've got a toxic person, you know, is alive, a toxic person on their deathbed or, or seriously ill is going to be just as toxic. Then they're, they're never going to have this moment when they wake up and they have an epiphany and they realize that they did love you after all. And they do care that that's just not going to happen. And all they're really going to use potentially is their deathbed just to leave you with one last really horrible message as just that's then your last memory that you have of them and they won't be able to resist but to do that just because they're so vile they can't they can't help themselves they can't they never they don't know how to act in love so they act constantly in hate and what what a way to go your last message to someone is is this rage-filled hatred spiel at them and then and then that person is left with that as the last memory for the rest of their lives um now the other thing is well also, the funeral arrangements and, the, and their last wishes are the final opportunity that a narcissist has to really let known how it is that they feel. So they will sometimes, you know, issue instructions for their funeral. They will make sure, ask that some people aren't invited. They'll put it in their last wishes that certain people aren't invited. This is only to make them feel shunned and rejected and all the rest of it. So it's just really their funeral is like the last, last play um that, that they get to have and their and their will as well is part of this as well now often in their will um they'll keep certain people out just to show how much they really didn't care they will have lied to people about who they were leaving their their possessions and their money to they will use it to further divide the family now in a narcissistic family siblings are not encouraged to get on they're pitched against each other they are they feel like they're competition for the narcissist's love and all that that's all the narcissist does throughout their childhood is perpetuate this resentment between the siblings which then carries on into adult life and then when the narcissist dies they just do something either in the for the funeral arrangements or in the will that's just to to, to drive that wedge further 
between their children because they don't want their children to get on. So it could well be that in a will, everything's left to one child, nothing's left to another, or an insulting gift or something is left to one of the children. It Or alternatively, the other thing is, they cause maximum drama. They tell everybody around them they're going to leave them all their money and they leave it all to a cat's home. Because really they want to be sat there when the solicitor's reading out their last will and testament and see everybody else, see everybody's faces. When they see that, they've left it to the cat's home and that's how really interested they were in their family. So basically, um, and the other thing is as well, even if they do leave, sometimes they don't leave a will and that's deliberate to keep the family fighting because they know that the kids you know the scapegoat will want everything to be fair or they'll want their share the golden child will expect and be and feel entitled to their share and then you've got potentially a very big battle between the children which just perpetuates the divide that the narcissist caused throughout their children's entire life is they have they go into a big court battle about who it is that deserves what and just just while the narcissist is wherever they are watching and laughing because they've had the final the final say now i think the saddest thing from what i've read and what i've experienced myself about the passing of a narcissist is that that they leave no love and because they leave no love they leave no grief so it can be a very close family member and they can be they can experience very sudden death which is very shocking to the family even if they're older or younger and and instead of the family grieving the family shrug their shoulders and carry on with their life and there's very 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 little grief left or very little grief because there was never the connection there in life and all the love was one way so the child was loving their parent and the parent didn't love them and i'm actually convinced now that's a sign of a life is if you if you pass on and no one grieves you then you've not lived your life with love. And that's not possible for a narcissist to do. They live their love in hatred and revenge and, and dislike and jealousy. And I think that, they, you know, in, in a lot of cases, they just, maybe people grieve, but perhaps they grieve the parent that they could have had rather than, you know, the parent that they dreamt of having that was loving and supportive. So they're, they're, they're kind of grieving their dream parent or their parent that they wanted as opposed to the actual reality. So that's sometimes I think why there is no grief when these people depart because they just leave no love behind. So I hope that this has helped some of you. I know that um, I've read so many different stories about the scapegoat getting roped in to looking after their narcissistic parents in their old age. And really, I mean, you have to do what you think is right, but, you know, not at the entire detriment of your entire life. And if you're your mental health, your physical health um, is suffering as a result of looking after a narcissistic parent, then you've got to make the right decision for you, not for them, for you, because they're not entitled to have you look after them. They don't, you know, you, you don't have, that's not the role of a child in society. And it should be a pleasure to look after them rather than something that you don't enjoy and is a burden and, an, and you're doing it out of obligation. So I'm sorry if that's what you're going through at the moment, but I hope that maybe you can take some steps to start to protect yourself and start to really put in some strong boundaries so that you can still protect your life.
because I'm sure you've still got a life and a partner and children and a job and a social life and everything else. And you've got to take steps to make to protect your life. So that's my life for today. I hope it's helped somebody or lots of people. And I'll see you all next week. Bye.